This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. I'm Josh Muccio, and from Gimlet Media, this is The Pitch, where real entrepreneurs pitch to real investors. What are, you, yeah. what are your names? My name is Ishmael. Ishmael. And yes. I'm Joanna, and Joanna. we're the founders of Click. Great and, to meet and you. And your company's Click? Click. Q-L-E-E-K. Oh. If those voices sound familiar, it's because those two founders pitched to our investors on the show back in November. And if you haven't heard that episode yet, there'll be spoilers everywhere in this episode. So you may want to hit pause, go back and listen to episode 16, and then come back here. If you have heard the episode, but it's been a while, don't worry. We'll hit the highlights. Okay. Clique, as you all know, is a startup designed to bring together the ease of digital music with the beauty of vinyl. When the founders, Ishmael and Johanna, were on the show, they talked about how these little wooden hexagon-shaped cliques would bring back the joy of sharing music. They showed off their clique player and described how this was the next logical step for music collectors, but the investors didn't go for it, and the founders ended up walking away without funding. Well, a lot has happened since then, including something that really surprised us. So we want to revisit this startup and tell you all about it. But first, let's rewind briefly to back when they pitched on the show. Here's founder Ishmael describing why he thinks the market is ready for a company like Clique. In 2016, 50% of Americans have gifted a music gift. Okay, 50. What does um, that mean? Like, what did they gift? Okay, that's a great question. 75% of those gifts were physical. 75%. What is that? Like what CDs? That? And 30%, the, the highest, the most gifted item today in 2016, wait for it, is still the CD. No way. Yes. <laughs> Where do they get a CD? They, Amazon. Yeah, they buy it on Amazon. They yeah. buy vinyl. They buy gift cards. How do they play a CD? They don't. People they don't. don't. Yeah. Ishmael and Johanna said that they believe Clique can step into that space, becoming the go-to item for gifting music. But the investors pushed back on the idea that people, especially millennials, would want another thing. After all, part of the appeal of music streaming services like Spotify is that they don't take up any space. But also for you, one of the thing, one of the mentalities of millennials is that they don't want to have things, okay? They're trying to get rid of their things. So they're investing more in experiences. Everybody knows that is not true. right. So because one of the reasons is they, they travel around a lot. They don't want to have records. They don't want to have lots of books. They don't have a lot, lots of things. So they're actually, I feel that the mentality is counterintuitive to what you're seem to be I selling. agree with you, except for gifting. Uh, in uh, the study that I, I I can share with you shows that millennials are the heaviest gifters in today's world. Yeah. Ishmael argued that investors were missing out on a huge market. This millennial gifting trend. 
They want to gift music to one another, but they don't necessarily have a CD or record player. So Clique is a way to gift music in a new and beautiful form that people can actually enjoy. I, I see the design. Yeah, I appreciate you selling an emotion. Yeah. Cultivated yeah. in part by the design. One musician told me records are not, when people buy records, they don't buy uh, music. They buy the container that has the oh, music. Well, some, the, well, that's ridiculous. So I'm going <laughs> to push back on that. It's it's the both. It's, it's the both. both. I mean, people buy records because it is the purest but form of music. There is, uh, But there example, is something tangible and lovely. But one of the reasons that this has had the transformation of the music industry is because people wanted to condense their things. People wanted to be able to... I get, don't necessarily agree with mm. that. I think... That's one of the biggest misconceptions about why, what happened in music because we apply what happens in other sectors of tech to the music space. But in my opinion, what happens in the music space is we shifted to streaming, which allowed you to just access 30 million songs in one click instead of buying a CD and have 12 songs. And that was the difference. Like paying 10 bucks a month to access 30 million songs, that was the killer thing for me to switch to Spotify. Not because it was smaller or decluttered my house. Actually, it made me sad, sort of. And one of the proof of that is the resurgence of vinyl, in my opinion, is very symptomatic of what's happening in the music space. Millennials are buying vinyls like crazy. Why? Because they, they, they never see and touch the content they have and they love. And with that, the investors made their decisions. Here's Daniel Galati. So here's where I'm at, which is... Um... I think this is in many ways kind of like a classic consumer product bet, right? Like you're you're inventing this new format um, and no one here in this room or anyone knows what the adoption will be, right? And so I think if you get adopt, if you get sort of this critical mass of um, consumer adopters, I think almost everything, at least for me, lines up in terms of business opportunity. I think that you can easily monetize um, and I think you can build a really big business. But I think the the germ of this business really starts with, you know, consumer adoption. And that's why I feel really exposed here because you could be inventing the next, I don't know, MP3, right? right. And so, um, but I just, if I really sort of, um, sort of uh, think about who will adopt this, I think it, I just can't help but think it's a niche mm-hmm. market. Um, and for that reason, I'm, I'm a pass. But I think what you're doing is really interesting and, and could be a really, really big thing. The rest of the investors followed suit. And in the end, no one went in on clique. I feel like we all could be horribly wrong here. I know that. I know that. You're right. You're right. We could be horribly wrong. And a piece of me but, feels that. Yeah, I just want to say, Thank you so very much. And that was that. When I caught up with Ishmael and Johanna a couple months after the pitch, things weren't looking good. You were raising 800K, correct? Yeah, yeah. Did you raise some portion of that? Uh, not, 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 not right now, no. Okay, so you decided to, to cancel the round. Yeah, postpone it. They had postponed the round, and manufacturing had ground to a halt. All I can say is we ran out of stock for the player, so we can't sell it anymore because we don't have any more units in stock. Um, oh, you don't have any and... more of the players? Yes. So you're only selling 
the cliques right now. Yes. Isn't that a problem that, that you don't have any players to sell? Uh, it is somehow a, uh, somewhat a problem. Um, but it's a problem we have to deal with. We don't have the funds to to make a new production run and uh, sell more players. Yeah. Uh, and so we don't do it until we raise more money. Guys, that is so tough. Like, I'm just trying to imagine being in your shoes, like trying to grow this thing and like having part of your product be unavailable, part of the value prop of what you're selling. Mm. <sighs> yeah, it's disappointing because we have a lot of demands and we would love to sell, but we can't because we don't have the money to run the production. So it's a tricky situation. Do you have any doubt in your mind that this is going to work? Of course we do. I think doubt is healthy. Uh, we had doubts since we started. Doubts about is it going to work, but not about is it a good product because we know that it is um the doubt is about can we execute so that we can fund this company uh, and that's what we're trying to do and that's where we left things in november after the break what happened next This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We talk to a lot of entrepreneurs on the show, and one thread that connects them all, they're not just pitching their business, they're pitching themselves. Because small business owners know that their business is more than just a company, it's their whole life. And State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, and they know what it takes. They can help you choose personalized policies to fit your budget. That's the personal touch. That's small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business. It's personal. Your business is your life. And State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. When we left off, the founders of Clique were struggling to see a way forward for their fledgling startup. Well, you know how they say that it gets worse before it gets better? Well, it got worse for Ishmael and Johanna in the month that followed. We stopped all the salaries. We went in like survival mode. We had this discussion that we would try uh, as much as we can until December, uh, until after Christmas. And if we see that after Christmas, the standalone Cliques didn't sell and we ran out of money, we would just close the doors and call it, uh, call it. What did it feel like to be at the place where like, that's the decision you're having to make? Um, it was um, between heartbreaking and um, like getting so close to launching a product and seeing if it's gonna succeed or not and having to shut down be just before that. Um, because we couldn't secure funding was 
we were like, oh my God, we need to do something. We need to find a solution. And the solution was, let's keep doing it with whatever we can until we are sure that this is not uh, a success. And if it's not a success, there's nothing more we can do. Uh, we would have done everything and we would have to stop. So they kept on coasting for as long as they could until one night in November while Ishmael was in Paris. I was at a restaurant with, with friends and we started getting flooded with messages from people on the website. Uh, and I'm like, what? Wait, what's happening? And then, oh, the pitch just aired. What the hell? And so we're like, why do we have so much traffic? It's not normal. And then it kept going and going. And I see like hundreds of people on the website and like 50 messages per minute. It was crazy. We, I think the day the episode air, aired, we had about 500 pre-orders of the player like but the the funny thing it, it was we were in paris and so the, um, there was time difference and we couldn't shut up shut off the chat module on the website and so we ended up like spending the night answering people's uh comments on the website which was pretty sweet as flattering as all this new attention was it felt bittersweet for the founders it was at the same time, very, very helpful um, that the pitch aired at that time. And also heartbreaking because, because we were like, oh my God, we're so close. We're, 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 we're going to shut down. But In their fight to keep Clique alive, they were about to get an unlikely ally. Because halfway around the world, this guy was listening in. So I was listening to Clique. Uh, I was driving. As always, is the traditional, typical day of Saudi Arabia. Sunny. That's Matteo Teravazzi. He's an analyst in the oil and gas industry, living in Saudi Arabia. And he listens to the show every week on his Thursday morning commute into work. But there was this moment in that clique episode that seemed to strike a nerve for Matteo. One of the mentalities of millennials is that they don't want to have things, okay? They're trying to get rid of their things. So their I, was really, I was actually, at this, a certain point, I was talking in, in the car on my own and said, wow, that, that, that cannot be true. Or, you know, I was trying to debate it with the founders <laughs> or with the investors, sorry, and say, no, I'm a millennial. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're talking to me. Come on. No, it's because I'm collecting it. So I'm buying for the sake of, you know, to have a physical object in my hand that I can shoot to my friend. And eventually it is a limited edition. So I Matteo was so fired up and felt so adamant that Clique was a great idea that he decided to do something pretty radical. I mean, I decided to, to invest straight away after, after the, the end of the podcast. That's right. After hearing four venture capitalists all turn down an opportunity to invest in Clique, he decided that this was the company where he wanted to put his money. Since they, they all tend to disagree with what Ismail is selling, and I tend to believe that he's right, what about taking a contrarian view? Because as one of your founder, uh, as one of your investors says, there is, you know, I actually, you know, I, I got the quotation here. The only way to make money in VC is to make a non-consensus view that turned out to be right. This, this is probably the right time to, to, to apply this principle, so. All day at work, that feeling of urgency didn't subside for Matteo. He knew in his bones Clique could be huge, and he wanted to be a part of it. But first, he had to make contact with Ishmael. So once I got home, so less than 12 hours later, I, w I wrote him an email, and that was the first contact. While Matteo might have felt like he'd just fired off this momentous email, for Ishmael, it was actually not that unusual. He'd actually gotten cold emails like this before. 
people who claimed to be interested in investing in Clique, and nothing ever came of it. But there was something about Mateo's email that struck Ishmael. You could see how excited he was about the product. He was uh, expressing interest in investing, but mostly the email was uh, a lot of love for what we're doing, a lot of uh, comforting words about how uh, the investors didn't get what, what, what we were pitching and the pitch was not working with them because they are not millennials. And, uh, and um, I think I followed up right away with like, hey, Mateo, if you want to, if you want to chat about it, and I would love to hear more about what you thought about the episode and also like... Talk so they got on a call together and it immediately became clear to Ishmael that Mateo was very serious about investing, but maybe not as much as Cleek really needed. Here's Mateo. I told him, well, I am willing to invest at this point only 10K. I'm not a, you know, an institutional investor. This is what I can, I can do. And I told him 10K, I think he was a bit disappointed. I thought it was like, it was like a shake, a Saudi shake, willing to put yeah. one, bil- one million or two. And ju- I'm just a poor Italian guy that, you know. He thought, he thought you were a Saudi prince that wanted to invest <laughs> millions. <laughs> well... <laughs> A $10,000 investment from some random listener is exciting, but it's not exactly going to pay the bills. But Matteo knew some people who he was certain would be just as excited as him about the opportunity. So together, he and Ishmael hatched a plan. What if Matteo brought all these people together and created a pool of money? They would all invest together in what's known as a syndicate. So Matteo got right to work fundraising for Clique. The email that I sent to my colleagues was stop investing in bitcoins. That was the headliner. <laughs> so stop investing in bitcoin. <laughs> I love it. Are you serious? Stop yeah. investing in bitcoin. Invest in what did you say? In now invest. So invest in the future of the CD. So I, uh-huh. I told him some invest in the future of the CD. Yeah, that was the, the my one one sentence idea. And, and what kind of responses did you get? I remember one of my colleagues said, this is bullshit. This, is, this idea is, is super stupid. And actually, he wrote me an email and I sent it to, to Ismail and told him, well, there are other people that think that Click is, is, is not working. <laughs> I bet he appreciated that. He's probably like, thanks, Matteo. Thanks for sending me that. <laughs> well, well, but this is... Uh, <laughs> but but, but on, the other, on, the other, uh, on the other side, I was super passionate. So I was super aligned with him. So I would say I, w- I just wanted to be transparent. So I shared with him all the feedback that I got. But on the other hand, all the millennials were very excited. So The fact that millennials were excited was all the proof Matteo needed. He was totally sold on Clique. And like any true believer, he evangelized it to everyone he knew. Yeah, yeah. So I text my wife and I text my brothers. So and they were all excited. So I just, well, I was super passionate. I would say, guys, I found a perfect startup that we, that I, I would like to invest. Uh, check this out. I send them the link of the podcast. Slowly, a group of would-be investors started to come together. Some Matteo knew, and some he didn't. So there was a colleague of mine, he was in Hong Kong, my two brothers in Italy, one person was in Paris, so also different time zones. But he was super excited. I was super thrilled to have the idea, you know, to put things together. From his home in Saudi Arabia, Matteo worked to get all these people, nine in all, living on three different continents, organized together and invested in Clique. 
he he managed to do it. He managed to get people together, people who even he didn't know. And so it was very, very epic. I was willing to do everything possible, you know, spending all the night up, uh, finalizing the contract, and I was super happy that we did it. And the idea that, you know, I was the, the, the humble guy that, you know, listening from 8,000 miles away to this story and deciding, you know, we can help. And then, you know, well, that was probably a bit naive and, and simplistic, but eventually we did it. Matteo and eight other people were now proud owners of a piece of clique. Together, through their new syndicate, they invested a total of $53,000 in the company. What do you expect to come out of your investment in clique? So I, 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 well, I told to my colleagues that uh, basically they turned down the offer. I said, okay, guys, if the day that I'm driving a Lamborghini, I'm parking a Lamborghini, then you, <laughs> you have to understand that, that this is the day when Click has, you know, has been valued like $100 million. So That's I how you'll know you were wrong. I'll drive up, drive up in a Lamborghini and then you'll know. <laughs> Precisely, exactly. But well, even if I'm losing all my investment, we eventually I put 15, 15K on my side. Uh, even if I lose all of them or if I don't get a, you know, a super big return, I, you know, I would have learned a lot. Uh, you know, I, I have a direct connection with the CEO of a very young startup based in the U.S. And who knows, maybe in the future I can, uh, you know, help other startups or, you know, find, you know, create a startup in Italy or something like that. I, I honestly don't know at this point in time, but this is good lesson, good, you know, trial and error kind of experience that I can use in, in the future. And for Ishmael, it ended up that the syndicate's investment wasn't the only money that Cleek got. Because right around the same time, Bose also made a significant investment in the company. In a matter of just a few weeks, Clique came back from the brink. They now have some runway to fulfill bulk orders, pay for marketing, and refine the product. But maybe, most importantly, they got a little peace of mind. When I knew we were uh, okay, I spent, I went out, I got myself a beer, and sat down, drank my beer by myself, started texting people because I was so excited, um, <laughs> and then couldn't sleep for the entire night. I ended up pacing in the Airbnb like a crazy person <laughs> with a smile on my face and saying, okay, we're doing this, we're still alive and we're going to make it. What were the thoughts flowing through your mind? What were you thinking about that kept you up? I think one of... My, my, my biggest fear was not to shut down the company. My biggest fear was to shut down the company knowing that it still has potential for success. That's yeah. my fear. Um, and now I was pacing and thinking, okay, now it's on our hands again. It's up to us. It's not up to investors. It's not up to other people. It's up to us. We, can, we have our destiny in our hands. We have the company at we are at the helm of the company and we can make it a success if we do the right things. And so I was trying to think about all the right things that we need to do and how exciting that is. This is the part where Ishmael and Johanna ride off into the sunset. Except in the startup world, this is only the beginning. We're going on a short break because, well, we're in the middle of recording new pitches. 
right this very moment, actually, in Oakland, California, we're recording a whole new batch of episodes. I'm stoked about it. We'll be back in your ears again, wait for it, drumroll please, on March 28th, which is totally reasonable. You can make it four weeks. I believe in you. All right, see you then. Our show is produced by me, Josh Muccio, Kareem Maddox, and Molly Donahue. We are edited by Devin Taylor. We're mixed by Enoch Kim, original music composed by The Muse Maker. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. Lisa Muccio plans our recording events, and thanks to Asta Chaturvedi for her reporting on this episode. We found out about Clique because they applied to be on the show. Founders can apply by going to thepitch.show slash apply. All right. You've been listening to The Pitch from Gimlet Media. We'll be back on March 28th. See you then. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business. It's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.